we need to talk about something special that happened. Uh, it was it was our show's double rainbow, if you will. I, I feel like that's a reference of some kind, but I'm I'm not picking up what you're putting down. Really, we had two episodes that were literally to the second, the exact same length, and we didn't even try for it. Do they they call that the double rainbow in, in the podcasting world? I thought that I thought that was something something else. I th- I think it is. I think that's like. Uh... It's like if uh, Stephen Curry did uh, five triple doubles uh, in a single game. That would, yeah, that'd be really impressive. with With Durant on the with Durant on the team now, though, he's not going to get enough shots to do that. I don't follow basketball, so I don't know if it's possible to have multiple triple doubles, and or what a single triple double is. Uh, it is not possible to have more than one triple double. Um, and to answer your other thought, a single triple double is having ten or more. Uh, of either of some combination of these three things points rebounds assists blocks steals um generally speaking a triple double is 10 or more points rebounds and assists that's how most players get them but you suggested there were six categories so then technically wouldn't there be it be possible to have two or would it be a sextuple or I, think, I think i think it'd be a, it'd be a sextuplet I don't know. However, <laughs> however you say that, you want to start this over? Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll cut all this out. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, we did we didn't uh, aim for that at all, and that was uh, that was a pleasant surprise. And I like when when you first told me, I was like, oh, it, it, they're both like eighty four minutes, but no, and forty six seconds. Pretty doggone impressive. Logic is strange. Where when you decide to cut an audio track or i guess when it's when you're bouncing the audio track and you you want to tell logic what the end point of the track is you you don't tell it in minutes and seconds you tell it in it, it has this concept of like i guess it's called blocks and so each block has like a number and so you know when i'm when i'm done editing i take note of you know when the show ends like what block number and i when i selected the number for this most recent episode, I, I knew it was kind of familiar because I had just edited the um, previous episode the day before, but I did, did not realize that it would come down to the second being the same. So a couple of things. Well, first, this is super interesting to everybody else. I, but would uh, does wouldn't logic just export just like when their stops being sound? Like, why would you have to specify what the ending of is? Um, when you when you go to bounce an audio track, so in other words, when you go to export it as like a MP3 or a AIFF file or whatever, mm-hmm. you have to specify a start and an end time. I don't think I don't think leaving either of those fields blank is an option. Although I I guess I've never tried. Got it. Well, now people get an inside look into how the sausage is made, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, pretty remarkable. Should we should we aim for three weeks in a row? I actually don't. I don't even remember what the the time was. Neither do I. So okay. let's keep it that way. Yeah, we'll keep it keep it organic, as you would say. Mm-hmm. Are, are you a big you a big organic food guy? <laughs> I could I could see you being a big <laughs> organic food guy. Oh, got to got to label those GMOs. Hmm. No, I want science to make my food better. I'm sorry. Um, 
Oh, so you're like, oh, so you're like anti-organic. You want to go as no, far no, no. from organic as possible. Uh, this is complicated because I, I I will generally want the better option. Like I, I'm I'm the impressionable consumer where I want I want the middle option. I don't want the uh, super elite premium thing at Whole Foods, but I also don't want the 365 brand. I, I want I want the middle option. So I, I I do enjoy and and like the idea of organic food products, but also I don't like or appreciate the the GMO hate, especially since most people don't actually understand what GMOs are, and generally GMOs are helping the planet uh, and uh, food crises around the world. But you got to go all natural, man. And the thing is, like, uh, there was some uh, like you know how like uh, five thirty eight and Vox and all those things are like kind of like the the turns out websites. As Merlin would say, yes, yeah. Like uh, apparently, there are more recalls with not like with organic and like these uh, super hyped up like anti-GMO foods than there are with anything else. It turns out, turns out, yeah. So, but no, I I am not like that. I and I and I still even after having watched uh, too many uh, food documentaries, like I've, I've unfortunately I've seen uh, the the Food Inc. and uh, Fed Up. Fed Up was a pretty good show or uh, a good movie. Alerting people to the to the dangers of sugar. That's what you really got to look out for. But um, I still eat uh, an unfortunately uh, too much processed foods. I think. Yeah, I I would I would put myself in the same boat, and probably not enough fruits and vegetables. The problem, well, so so yeah. So I mean, I'm much better and more cognizant of like you know embracing healthy. Fa- like God, this, is, this sounds. This is, this is not very interesting to anybody. But you, li- you live in you live, you live in the Bay Area. You, see, you know this, this is this is what we do. This is a dog bakery uh, uh-huh. country. Yeah, still haven't visited that. <laughs> Been thinking about it, but I, you know I think it, it's weird enough if you have a dog and if you just if you don't have a dog, then I'm not I'm not really even sure weird begins to describe. Only you have that. to you have to let them know that this is for your perspective for a baby. Mm. Yeah. Oh, uh, so what we're talking about sugars. Or, I, I I don't know. Have we have we started yet? So no. What what were what, part, what parts were we cutting out? I no, no, forty seconds ago. What were we talking about? Um, no, I've gotten much better at managing like kind of like the healthy fats and also um, uh, trying to exclude sugar and like high uh, fructose corn syrup and all that kind of stuff that's like just legitimately bad for you. But one of the things I do struggle with is that um, fruits. And things that are nat- are high in sugar content, but it's naturally occurring sugar rather than added sugar, those are still challenging for me because I'm not really sure what the strategy is supposed to be there. So that's, I was actually just going to ask you that question because I, if you'll recall, one of my, my picks a few episodes back was this ninja blender thing. And, you know, obviously the, the primary purpose of that thing is, is to make smoothies, which, you know, usually you make with fruit. And... You know, since I've bought that, I've looked into, you know, just sort of different smoothie recipes and and health strategies around smoothies. And it's totally mixed. You know, some people say that it's a great way to get additional, you know, vitamins and minerals into your system. And then, you know, other people who say, oh, it's just super high in sugar and it's actually not good for you at all. In fact, you know, some people take it to the extreme and say it's even it's bad for you. So, yeah, the, the whole natural sugar thing, I'm perpetually confused by so i'm I'm not an expert but i think i'm of the opinion and i unfortunately I'm, I'm forcing myself to deal with this because i i do like 
Like I, I am a sucker for uh, like a, a good strawberry banana smoothie on a hot day, but like I'm, I'm, I'm on the side of thinking they are actually bad for you, just because I think it like a smoothie or like a protein shake or something like that. It's acceptable if it's preceding like uh, like a lot of physical activity or something where you're likely to burn it off. But if you're just going to go to Jamba Juice or, or or Panera or someplace and get yourself. Or I'm sorry, you you live in the marina, so it's probably you're going to juice stop, and you're getting your your cold pressed, whatever, whatever. But um, never never been there, but I will. But you, fully you've heard admit of it, right? To, oh, I, yeah. I, not only have I heard of it, but I have fully considered, you know, partaking. Yeah, that that's that's a bridge too far for me because that that's kind of uh, a juice stop and all those uh, cold pressed juice fad places. It seems like one step away from like the Soul Cycle cults. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what that is? Oh yeah, we, we've got one of those around here too. <laughs> have you have you have you and and your lady stayed away? Uh, yeah, we we do we don't go to the Soul Cycle. Okay. Um, what's the same? But yeah, that like unless you're gonna do like a, a lot of physical activity, it seems like those are genuinely bad for you. And while they're probably not as bad for you as just like um like a Java chip frappuccino from Starbucks that's just all added sugar, I f- I think that it's probably not far off because if you're not metabolizing it and you're not doing much and you're just gonna be sedentary or just having like an average walk i think like the because like um like a 16 or 24 ounce smoothie that's made of like all like just natural stuff or even those like um those naked juice or adwala things that you can get like at safeway those are between like 40 and 70 grams of mostly naturally occurring sugar but that's just it's not good for you yeah, I think that's mostly where I land too, which is kind of depressing because smoothies, when you're enjoying one, actually, they like you know, there's something about them. They just taste healthy, you know, especially if it's a nice fresh smoothie. But yeah, but when you think about like, you might as well just eat a pint of ice cream. I mean, I, I just, guess just, yeah. Like, I mean, that's that's the thing. You you can rather than like so skip the smoothie, get get yourself um like a one liter bottle of water. And then just go eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's and net net for the day. You're pretty much there. Is you think is this the part of the show where we have to drop in the disclosure that neither of us is a medical expert and that you should take absolutely no health advice from us? We're a couple of regular uh, Doctor Ozes. <laughs> is he the corrupt one? Who knows? There's one that's kind of like a total fraud. But uh, I, is, is there is, is there is there just is there just one? Good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's, uh, you know, life's hard or like life's, life's tricky with that kind of stuff. Cause every, e- everything e- that you eating think is, is tricky. Eating is very tricky. I feel like, well, do you remember like, cause we, we grew up in the nineties. Do you remember when like fat free was just all anybody thought about? Yeah. Well, Even the, the, people, the like, whole Atkins thing. Yeah. Well, was that bad? Was Atkins the one where you, you just, you eat as oh, much I guess red that, meat no, as that you wasn't, want? Yeah. No, sorry. Atkins wasn't fat free. That was like carb free. That was actually the kind of the opposite of fat free. Yeah, that's the one where you give yourself heart disease and, and yeah, you just right. you just go nuts on the red meat, but yet yeah, you cut out bread or something. Uh <laughs> but yeah, do you remember when fat free used to be a thing? Yet nobody thought, oh yeah, unmetabolized sugar just kills you eventually. Well, I think people have come around on that. Yeah. But the, oh, the, you... the, the whole fed up documentary, I mean, it, it even touches on the the fat free thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Katie Kirk. She's yeah. Yeah, I feel like the 
so I mean, there's obviously there's there's two pieces to being generally healthy, right? There's the exercise component, and then there's the eating component. And the exercise part is pretty straightforward, right? I mean, people have different sort of things they say you should focus on or different amounts of time, like, you know, walking versus running, that kind of thing. But like just generally being physically active, everybody can kind of agree on that. But then when it comes to the eating part, it's just, it feels like, yeah, you're better off just eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's. I mean, what, you know, what else are you going to do? Again, I don't think you're ever better off, but like I like when like I, I was talking to a colleague earlier today, and it's like just uh, trying to put it in perspective because they, they are trying to get healthier, and I don't think I'm some type of expert or or, or um, paragon of uh, fitness and and vitality, but um, yeah, just thinking like a like a, a large drink from like a fast food place that's just a full of sugar, and you might as well just just skip water and then get yourself a pint of ice cream on the way home. At the end of the day, it's all the same. Seems like sound advice. Although, again, don't don't take our advice. What do you do? You have an opinion on um, energy drinks and things where, while there is no sugar, uh, excluding Red Bull and that kind of stuff, uh, but it's probably all bad for you. Oh yeah, you wanna you wanna stay away from from that kind of stuff. That that's the type of thing that in college, you know, I'll raise my hand. I, I was guilty of partaking in. Uh, many of those beverages, but you know now as as a um, alleged adult, I I I, I do not. I, I'll have the occasional Red Bull if if things are getting desperate at work around two or three o'clock. <laughs> I like uh, I like the term desperate. <laughs> yeah, because there were many um, other words you could have chosen, but right. You know, yeah, I'll I'll try to just do like a second cup of coffee. I mean, so like my standard routine, if we want to segue into the caffeine thing, you know, one cup of coffee in the morning, that's, that's sort of my day in day out strategy, you know, on days where things are maybe on a downward trend. So they're, they're not quite desperate, but they're, they're rapidly progressing that way. You know, a second cup of coffee might be the way that I go. Uh, but then if I, you know, if I really need that, that big jolt, then that's where the uh, the sugar free Red Bull's got to come out. Yeah, they still haven't made the um, the flavors in in sugar free yet, which is disappointing. And you know, I'll, this is probably controversial to a lot of people, but I actually prefer the taste of sugar free Red Bull over regular Red Bull. So it's not a it's not a health thing why I choose to go the sugar free route with that stuff. Because I mean, honestly, if you're going to go down that dark hole, why not just go all the way? But I actually genuinely prefer the uh, the sugar-free type. Well, sure. But also, I don't think it's necessarily the health thing. Because all the sugar-free drinks, whatever's making it taste like it has sugar, but without sugar, is probably going to kill you anyway. Yeah. But that, that, that kind of stuff, you got to be you got to be careful with. Like, I, I don't. I don't get into any of the the double shot espresso thing. Like, anytime coffee is is coming out of a can, that, that's where I think you got to. <laughs> You got to pump the brakes and say, no. Yeah, I, I well, yeah, St- Starbucks is a little out there with what they put on store shelves. But. I, although I'll, I'll say that a, and this, this this is again something that I usually stay away from, but this will be a, a rare guilty pleasure maybe once or twice a year. Those Starbucks Frappuccino things that come, you know, in the glass bottle. I mean, the talk about having like 80 grams of sugar. I mean, those things do, but man, they're really, really tasty. Mm. 
but you, yeah. you got you got to stay away from that. I think Costco, I think Costco sells like twelve packs of those things. Like that's 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 a that's a no go. Yeah, you, you got to stay away from that. Well, I mean, that's why I I uh, I choose I elect to vol- to not have a Costco membership because I think just Costco for like my life stage is just not not good. It it discourages variety and 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 a lot of a lot of things. So I I've also gone. It's probably been about two years now without a Costco membership. Um, and I, I think what you said is also true of me. It just, at my f- stage in life, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. But then the other thing for me is, you know, in San Francisco, our Costco's are just a, a mess. Like they're just impossible to get to. And Is there more than one? Well, there's one in South San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, the one in the city is, is just kind of a nightmare. Um, but the thing that has happened recently, which has gotten me thinking more and more about renewing my Costco membership is that on Google checkout now, you can buy anything from Costco. All right. It's, it's not Google checkout, Google shopping express. Sorry. But um, still like you, you're buying a boatload of stuff you don't necessarily need. Like it's the quantity that again, like going with the, the entering middle age lifestyle that we both live. Um, it's not necessarily compatible. Yeah, but it would be really convenient if I could just have like, you know, thirty six bottles of Starbucks, uh, like mixed frappuccino with fifty six grams of sugar a piece. Yeah, at I mean, the I, ready, I, I could just ha- I could have them delivered to my door within like two hours. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty powerful. Well, but how how many how many bottles does it take for you to not fit through the door anymore? <laughs> Sugar, sugar's oh man, it's it's tough. Yeah, it it is it is tough. But I, I think for me, like you know, to maybe bring this full circle, like I, I, I do admit that I don't eat particularly well. But I, I do think that the thing that I've done pretty well the last couple of years, in particular, is I've mostly cut out sugar. Like I've, I've I don't do any, you know, no more soda. Um, I'll have dessert, but usually just like on the weekends if I'm out to a meal, like that 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 kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like if if I if I keep sugar mostly out, then I can let some of the other stuff like we've been talking about the processed foods and that kind of thing. I, I can kind of I kind of let that slide a little bit easier. Yeah. So I mean to, to wrap it up on caffeine, like I don't, I don't know, like I've mostly cut that as well. Like I, I used to be a big. Um, I used to enjoy like there was this rock star beverage that was kind of like it was sugar free, but it was like lemonade flavor. Like I don't know, like there's stuff like that that I I have fortunately left behind. And now if I can feel like in a morning I'm I'm dragging, I'll just get a fills on the way in, and, and that's kind of the extent of my uh, my caffeine crunch. Fills, huh? Hmm. I I I I love fills. They it's some of the best coffee I've had, but. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just I'm I'm not the type where I can stand in line for 20 minutes for coffee. I just well, I can't I can't do that. Well, yeah, but that's what you do. You use the order ahead app. Oh my! Phil's has that. Phil's is like one of the like pioneering partners. Or like order ahead what, is what, not really. What do I need to do? What do I need to do for this? You just go to order. Uh, just go to the app store, download order ahead. And for me, like there's there's two that are oh, fairly is this like close is this by. some weird third party thing? It's not weird. I mean, but they're they're like a partner. It's not. Like it depends on where I mean, is, I'm this, going. is this someone who's just like went and bought like a bag of fills from Safeway and is like making it out of their garage or is no this, no it's it's integrated into the store. 
Like there's there's even a separate door for it. So I actually go to the Phil's location. Yeah, like for me, like there's there's two. There's either like the uh, Claremont Avenue one if I'm going towards like Walnut Creek for the day, or there's the one in Berkeley if I'm going to Marin. And I just choose whichever location I want. I can store my order there. It tells me what the wait time is. So if it's going to be like 10 or 15 minutes for it to be ready, and it just charges my card. And there's like a separate counter that already has your drink uh, pre-made, and you just grab it and go. It's 30 seconds in the store. Huh. Yeah, I, I walk by a Phil's every morning on my way to work, but mm-hmm. the, the the reason I never go there is because, I mean, literally there's a line, like, 30 people out the door. No, you just you just do that. You just, uh, you'll have to kind of feel it out and see, because, like, the normal prep time is, like, 10 minutes. If it's a little nuts, like, in the morning, if, like, if you're doing, like, 8.30 a.m. peak time, it's probably, like, 20 minutes. But you just time it out. Can I, like, can I schedule it ahead, or do I have to, like... No, you just you just do it. It's it's you not to make it that complicated. Well, but I mean, can I? No. So I have to somehow time it. Well, no, o- just, otherwise, you... otherwise my coffee's going to get cold. Well, no, you, you just, or it's you... not going to be ready when I get there. You're you're being incredibly picky right now. <laughs> Again, like you, you just think of like, oh, you're getting off Bart, and it's going to be like a ten minute walk to the office or something, and then you just you like right as you're getting out of the train, you you press the order. Anyway, I, I found it to be very good, and it kind of tells me like when I, I can check traffic and I can see like what the wait time is of like whether or not I can get my coffee or not. So what do you what do you get from Phil's? Depends on the day. If if, if I'm dragging, I'll, I'll or if I like I need it. Like I'll just I'll do like a standard mocha or something, or I'll just get like a plain black coffee with some creamer. It depends on the day. Yeah, I, I gotta. I have to have at least a little bit of cream in my coffee. I can't. I can't do coffee just straight. Yeah, Phil's is the closest to that for me, but I'm not like most like coffee. Unfortunately, is is still too bitter for me a lot of the time. Well, you know you, what you should get into, and I, I'm I'm serious. You should try this. Is uh, cold Was brew. It, I understand Starbucks is probably not the appropriate place to try it. Oh no 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 no. Yeah, but I've, no, I no, I, no, I tried no. it last week because people are like, oh yeah, the cold brew. But unless you douse it in like uh, six pumps of of pure sugar, it's still not good. It's just like bitter water. Um, see, I, I, I disagree. I mean, it, it's, it, it's far less acidic. Like just, that's just, it is, maybe it still tastes a little acidy if, if you're really particular about that kind of thing, but it's far less so than hot coffee. Well, sure. But I, I just, I don't know. I, I tried it. It wasn't, it wasn't my thing. So I just went back to my, my, uh, like no, my, my unsweetened tea. If, if I, if I need something from Starbucks in the middle of the day. Like the cold brew wasn't doing it for me, and the people that swear by it uh, are people who, again, like six pumps of caramel nonsense or whatever that just make you're just you're drinking sugar water. I see. I I have cold brew almost every day, and that's been kind of like my my coffee of choice lately. And I, I have like a thing here at home where I I can make it. Um, well, I thought the whole point of cold brew is that it's supposed to be like a certain hours or, or like whatever. Like some something happens to it that makes it less than different than just iced coffee well i mean it's the way you make it so i mean iced coffee you generally just make regular hot coffee and you pour it over ice whereas cold brew you actually brew the coffee in cold water so you know i i I make a batch of it here at home and you know the concentrate stays good for a couple of weeks and then i don't put any sweetener in it i put a little bit of milk and that's it yeah I'm, i'm not a barista so I, I'm not sure if it came through there, but uh, I, it was BRR. Yeah, no, but I think the, the listeners who have uh, kept up with our um, fascination with Smitten the last month or two, they they get it. 
Yep. How close in proximity is it to the dog bakery? Um, it's in the just the same general vicinity. Okay. Very very walkable. Can we can we talk about? Uh, I I understand you have a. Remember when this used to be a technology show? Not really. No. Good. There's too many of those. Yeah. Uh, Blue Barn. Mm. Are you still anti Blue Barn? I'm not anti Blue Barn. Blue Barn is delicious, but the I, I as I've said every time we've brought it up here on the show, the one that's walking distance from my apartment is way too crowded all the time doesn't matter what time of day what day a week it's always just a huge line and it's 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 very expensive i you know i i have a i have a hard time paying 14 dollars for a sandwich it's just it's hard to it's hard to do and you know i i i speak as someone who regularly frivolously spends money but mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's where that's but just you, where you, i feel you like you draw, I have to draw the, line the line at healthy delicious food i uh, healthy is or sorry, uh, let, sorry let's not go down that no, no i apologize rabbit hole again and, and that's the thing that uh, that goes back to our our, our um like nutrition conversation is that uh, uh, sorry i mean um food made with quality ingredients sure or like stuff that is not processed quality quality, as a quality you know bacon and cheese and all that kind of stuff what 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 bacon and cheese are you getting there? Do they have breakfast sandwiches? I'm not aware of. No, you gotta um like like with like the the Cobb salad and that kind of stuff. You get... Ah, Cobb salads. No. Speaking B- of B- big uh... no, sorry, hmm. but but not before we get off this topic. The whole point was that uh, there. What sandwiches have you had there? Uh, it's it's the Clubber. Is Clubber's, that, is that, Clubber's that's, perfect. Yeah, but... that's I think that's that's probably the only one I've had. So there's a new one. The club, the clubber used to be my all-time favorite sandwich, and there's a new one that you must try if you ever find a day when you're walking past it and it's not insanely busy. It's called the Buffalo Blue. Oh no, 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 no! What? I I don't like the sound of this at all. But sorry, continue. Well, no. Here's the thing: blue cheese is oh, one of the, the most disgusting. Yeah, it's, it's toxic awful. substances on earth. You might as well be eating like lead batteries, <laughs> but. Wow. What? No, no, that, that's wow. It's that's good. I, I like that. I, I well, it's, it's love true. blue cheese. It's 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 hideous and gross. Yeah. But the buffalo blue sandwich is is uh, a terrific sandwich with like a diced chicken, like with a, a nice uh, buffalo spice sauce or whatever, um, on ciabatta. But it also has this like uh, f- like foamy like uh, like blue cheese ish thing on the side. Oh my god, that's which sounds is, like my worst nightmare. The only the only thing that sounds worse than blue cheese is foamy blue cheese. Anyway, it's it's on the side. So if you don't want it, don't have to have it. That's why I stayed away from the sandwich for like three years, even though I always like just everything but the blue cheese sounded uh fantastic on the menu. Uh, but it's on the side. And it's actually if you just use like maybe one sixteenth of what they give you, it adds a lot and it's a delicious sandwich. So I strongly recommend it. You are welcome to just throw the the little side dressing away. But I, I would strongly recommend it if you're passing by. I'm also not a big buffalo it's wing good. sauce guy. It's good. It's not like Frank's Red Hot or anything like that. Again, trust me, if you don't like it, I will refund you thirteen fifty in square cash. This is this is a risk free trial. This is like a like a Saturday morning infomercial. I really want a clubber now. 
it's the clubber's tricky because I I wish they would make the, they would like choose bread that's bigger and stack the the meat like less high. It it is a difficult sandwich to eat. Yeah, like I understand like I appreciate that they're generous with the with the with the turkey, but it it could be spread out. Yeah. So to, I think so to close out the uh the food section this week. Um, you had very briefly mentioned uh, breakfast sandwiches, which which reminded me to ask you: Have you tried the super duper breakfast yet? I have not, because I don't know if the Novato super duper participates. Mm. I will. I'm going to pencil that in. It's. I mean, it. <laughs> it is not a healthy way to start the day by any stretch of the imagination. But well, hold on. Um, well, let's let's. Again, I know you keep trying to get away from the like to actually talk about what we're supposed to allegedly be here for, but hold on. Command Option O, super duper breakfast sandwich. Yeah. So, um, uh, two things with us. So, yes, I'll definitely try that. But also, do you have a strategy? Well, sorry, two things. Don't let me forget to talk about uh, the the half marathon or full marathon you you ran that I'm unsure of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We can come. We, back we gotta to talk that. about that. Sure. Um. Do you have a strategy for how to fit bad meals into your schedule? Like if you know like you're going to have, not that it's just like purely awful for you, but that you know it's like this is not a healthy meal. Are you supposed to do that on a day like after you've exercised, before you're going to exercise? Like how do you, is there a way to plan for uh, to poor eating? I th- <laughs> I think the times that i feel least guilty about a meal like that is after a good workout so you know you usually this will be like a weekend it's kind of this is this is harder to do on a weekday but on a weekend you get a you know good like mid to late afternoon workout in like a a nice long run um and then you have a nice super unhealthy dinner that that's that's the best Mm mm-hmm because I think the, the the problem with like a super duper breakfast, for example, you're starting your day off d- and you it's yeah. all downhill. Yeah, d- delicious. But the problem is, yeah, it's you 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 by no means feel energized to go work out after having a breakfast sandwich and three mini donuts. That just isn't. That's not not a good start to the day. You just want to close the blinds and just. Just go back to sleep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, that's my so the whole the whole brunch thing. I mean, that's a thing here in San Francisco, and I think that's a thing everywhere. Well, but San Francisco in particular, we we're we're big about the brunch thing. I think the marina is big about the brunch. It, it, yes, that's very true. They're big about the unlimited mimosa brunch. Yeah, oh boy, um, that one in particular, the the mimosa thing. But even standalone brunch, but especially if you throw some mimosas in there, it. I mean, it's just it's damn near impossible to not come back home and take a nap well again if you're a responsible functioning adult no it's not a problem i'm sorry like as one of the i I think early earlier i had um i had didn't i use the phrase as an an alleged adult again as one of the leading proponents global proponents of mimosas like i think i have the authority to speak here of like i don't i don't want anybody to slander mimosas as as a key component of our economy but it, it 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 does not lead to the result you're talking about. It's irresponsible eating and excessive day drinking of 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 people in the marina. <laughs> just, <laughs> just in the marina. It's it's main. Uh, never have I seen so many uh, 
like pastel chalkboards on the sign that say like uh, $6 unlimited mimosas in my entire life than walking down Union Street. And every time I see one of those, I think of you. Not not like in a creepy way, just, you know. No, that's how it's going. Uh-huh. Yeah. But again, I don't want anybody to to to, to slander mimosas. It's 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 a time-honored tradition of of this country. So you know what's what's really funny is and I I'm really not making this up. I then unfortunately it won't be part of the recorded portion of this program, but before Wait, we what? started recording. Hold on, what? You well before we started recording, you had or you made the comment that oh I don't really have a lot of like pre-topic banter this week, and I, I think you know I'm looking at the clock here. I, I think we're we're a solid thirty plus minutes into this thing, which is probably closest to the longest we've ever gone without getting into the tech stuff. Nobody likes technology. <laughs> People just want stuff to work. They want their iCloud to work. We'll come back to that. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a while, I think. Oh yeah, did did I tell you my iPhone 6s basically ate itself? Oh, you well, you <laughs> did, but that was um. Oh, so we should apologize. No, no show last week, so we've got we got a lot to catch up on. But yeah, we we don't ha- we don't have that in the agenda, but we should we should come back to that. No, no, I I do. I, I it's under the Google Photos thing. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I see it now. Yeah, we I mean we can we can jump into that. No, we're we're not. Okay. What was I talking about? I I don't remember. No, something about mimosas. No, um, you're the world's biggest proponent. Yeah, but that that that's that's well known. That's it's on my LinkedIn bio. Uh, you, you talked about the the chalkboards that that we have here in the marina that have you know the, the daily special out, out on the sidewalk. What was it? Um, oh, you were saying that. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, again, you're the one that started. I don't know who who started the food thing. This was this was your fault. It's not really about who started it. It's about who perpetuated it. There's there's a lot to unpack here. Um, all right. So I'll try the super duper breakfast. Um, have you, have you tried the new Starbucks, uh, chorizo and egg sandwich? Um, no, but you know what I have tried is the, uh, the Pete's breakfast sandwiches now, which was funny. Hold on. Since when does Pete's do food? I thought they were all like that. They were on their high horse about we're, we're, we're not going to try to be everything to everybody. So this was like, this was like a couple of months ago. I had made a comment to the lady friend when we, when we went to Pete's, I'm like, you know, it's weird. They don't have the breakfast sandwiches that Starbucks and like every other breakfast place has. Like, I'm, I'm surprised that they don't. And like less than a month later, I don't know if this is in select locations or what, but in fact, it, it might be because I think the one, I think the one that I walk by in the morning actually doesn't do it. So it might just be slowly rolling out. But anyway, one of the pizza that I went to recently, they had breakfast sandwiches, you know, very, very similar to the Starbucks ones. But I, I thought they were a little bit better. They, they felt a little bit less artificial. <laughs> I mean, am I right? Like the, the Starbucks ones really do feel like you just you you buy like a box of frozen breakfast sandwiches from Safeway or something, you know. Well, that's I'm I'm sure that's what this is too. I mean, probably, but it you know, Pete's is doing something to make it so it doesn't feel quite that way. Although I, you know, I do appreciate that it's funny how they make these things, or they don't. I mean, make them in air quotes. They 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 have this oven, and the oven literally has like four or five buttons on it. However, many different types of sandwiches they have. Yes. like I guess there's like different heating methods for mm-hmm. each one mm-hmm. and so they literally just you know they put one of these things in there and they um they just press the corresponding button and then it just it does its thing yeah that doesn't inspire confidence 
I'm looking at this uh, maple chicken sausage breakfast sandwich under their uh, new uh, warm breakfast uh, menu, and the 860 grams of uh, milligrams of sodium is not inspiring confidence. Holy shit! Really? I've had that. I've had that one. Yeah, this the chicken tree. Eight hundred sixty. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot. That's actually something else. In addition to the sugar thing, I've also been a little bit more cognizant of uh, sodium intake. Well, I'm I'm lucky in the sense that I, I uh, have like just uh, like biological. Like I I don't I am sensitive to salt, and I very much don't like it. Like most places, to my taste, like salt fries too much. Like people who have you ever seen people who get like a steak or something and they grab like they they want extra salt on it? Oh yeah, definitely. That's the gr- that is one of the most perplexing. Like outside of like using Android phones, that's one of the most perplexing things in the world to me. <laughs> are you are you trying to pivot towards technology? Is that is that no. what's happening? Or no, I, I <laughs> no that that's can can you disprove what I said? Uh, no, I, I'm not. I'm not arguing with it at all. Yeah, I'm not. Tr- this is not a technology program. Mm. I forgot what it's called, but I, I I just show up once a week. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the yeah, the Teresa flatbread looks good. Yeah, but I, man, eight hundred and sixty milligrams of sugar. Yeah. You got to be careful with that stuff. Yeah, you really do. I. Hmm. I'm never having one of those again. <laughs> Glad I could ruin that for you. Yeah. Thanks. Although, God, I. Oh man, I can't. I cannot even imagine how much sodium is in the super duper breakfast combo. You know, I'm not going to look. No, I wouldn't. Because here's like, but again, that wouldn't be common for me. Because like super duper is one of those things like I, I very much enjoy. Actually, now that I've become more of an adult and, and I'm getting healthier, like I've I've kind of reached my goal weight. I'm trying to like fix some stuff. But um, yeah, I'm I've I've uh, downgraded or like graduated or degraduated or, um, or upgraded perhaps i've matriculated from uh the the double or what, what like the the double super patty burger or whatever it's called into the single patty one and then getting some garlic fries so but that's more of a once every three to, to five weeks type thing yeah i mean the the breakfast thing i had it once the first or second weekend they had it and i mean i haven't had it again since this was like a month and a half ago now so yeah. you know every everything in moderation what except mimosas well i, I thought i thought that was your whole thing was you got to be responsible with the mimosas of course but i'm saying in the frequency of it responsibility in in terms of each like uh, serving per session or whatever but you know w- w- when in rome uh, is, is that is that how that goes i don't know I'm not gonna think too much about it hmm. yeah um you ran a marathon or some portion of a marathon what what is this yeah so um i i'm i'm one of those weird people that likes running um and you know, I, I did cross country when i was in high school and i've kept up a fairly regular running routine since and um about four years ago i did my first half marathon the the giant race and i continued to do that for uh, a couple of years after i think i did that three years in a row and then i guess i guess that was like five years ago and then last year uh, i did the 
a half San Francisco marathon. So every year there's the San Francisco marathon. You can run the full marathon or you can run the first half or the second half just as a half marathon. So last year my sister ran the full and then I ran the second half. And, um, you know, the three times that I did the giant race, I was exhausted. Like there was no way I could have run anymore. But, you know, I ran the second half of the San Francisco Marathon last year. And, you know, one of my first thoughts was like, I, I could have run more, like not certainly not another half marathon, but like I, I could have gone a little bit further. And so that that sort of planted the seed in my head about I, I should I should really try running a full marathon. And that's been sort of a, a thought I've had in the back of my head for a while. But starting last year is when I like really thought about it. And, you know, a few weeks after or whatever, I was talking with a couple of other friends who who ran the half last year and we, we all kind of decided like, yeah, you know, we, we should really try doing the full next year. And then I ended up also um, signing up not only myself for the full, but I signed up my sister again as like a birthday present back in the fall. Um, and so, yeah, this last weekend, we we ran the full marathon this time. Um, and I am happy to say that I completed it. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, if it um it does legitimately feel like a, a nice accomplishment. Like I I'm generally I don't really pat myself on the back and I'm I'm the type where I you know always feel like eh, I could maybe do a little bit better or do this a little bit different, but this was one of those things where I was like, yeah, this this is a pretty this is a pretty good accomplishment. So I have questions. Like as somebody who has run for a uh, for a while and is is going to run his first 10k in September. Did you do you do you train like do you have any type of training program or do you just kind of keep up like your casual runs and just hope you make it 26 miles? <laughs> so it it's it's something in between. So I I certainly did not follow any sort of um strict training regimen. Uh, I, I was not going into this with any particular goal or time or anything like that. You needed to complete it in under six hours in order to get a medal. So that that was the well. I mean, it's well. It's, no, let me, you laugh, but that's no, no. I just I, I want to know what I, I I laugh only because when I was signing up for the giant race, it says you must complete this in like a certain amount of time, and I did the math on it, and it means you must complete it in under fifteen minutes a mile, which literally is walking. Yeah, so, so the six divided by twenty. So it's it's thirteen minutes and forty five seconds is the, is the pay, pace for a the marathon at six hours. So you must run. Okay, you you that, yeah, that, you, that is yeah. that is not a walk. No, it is not a walk. No. Okay. Um. So you know, w- with that in mind, I because I didn't have a specific goal, I didn't have like a really strict regimen or anything. But I I certainly did have a more regular running routine than usual. I would run a maybe a little bit further than usual. And two weeks before the event, I ran 18 miles, which previous to that, I had never run more than a half marathon. So this this was the, the new longest run I had ever done. And, you know, that, that was a really important run primarily, well, for two reasons. One is I ran along the kind of the first half of the route, which is the half I didn't do last year. So I kind of familiarized myself with that. But then the other thing too was that I wanted to really get a better understanding of like what pace I could do this at. Cause that was the, the biggest thing I didn't know was like, 
you know, a, a full marathon is so different from a half marathon in terms of the pace that you're going to be able to do. And, um, I, I just, I really didn't know like what, what would be a good pace. And so when I did the 18 mile run, I had a goal in mind of between like 10 and a half and 11 and a half minutes per mile. And I actually, like, when I looked at the exercise summary at the end, I think I exactly averaged, like, 11 minutes and 29 seconds. And I was, I was gassed. Like, there, there was absolutely no way I could have even run one more mile after that 18. So it was a valuable learning lesson that I, I needed to, to dial it back. And so I kind of recalibrated and had a goal in mind of doing, you know, 12 and a half minute miles for the... Uh, for the marathon. And I think, I think I ended up doing just about that. And that, you know, that worked out pretty well. So what was your entire race time? So it was five hours and 34 minutes. So I guess I actually don't what what does that work out in terms of a pace? It's like, I think actually I, there's, there was an app that you could. So I, I should, I guess I should also point out that the San Francisco marathon, extremely well-run event, really, really well-run the, every, the course is very clearly marked. Um, I mean, everything about it is is great. Um, but so yeah, yeah so this is that's so uh, 12, 12, 12 minutes, minutes and forty seven Twelve minutes and forty seven seconds. Hmm. Good job. Thank you. Yeah, Again, I'm very very proud of you. I have additional questions, mm-hmm. um, and I and I don't want uh, to sound like I, to talk about myself here, but I, but I, I want like context for this, but. So I'm from somebody who struggles with I I can either, I'm either running really quickly, or I'm slowing down to a walk. So how do you how do you how do you set your pace or how do you make sure you don't exhaust yourself but not um, regress or fall back to walking? Well, so I mean it, it it's two things it it's kind of the, the trial and error. So going out on sort of a a practice run and having a pace in mind. And, you know, kind of seeing how that goes. And then, you know, two, which is how to kind of keep that pace, something like the Apple Watch. I mean, so, you know, the Apple Watch using the, you know, just the fitness app, which isn't great, but you can very clearly see what your pace is. And so for me, particularly the first half of the race, I was absolutely maniacal on focusing on my pace and really, really sticking to it. And it's it's hard in a in a distance run like that too because early on a lot of adrenaline a lot of people like it's it's re- you're feeling good you're excited like it's it's really hard to to dial it back but you know I it's actually I it's a phrase I use a lot because I'm a nerd I say you know, it's <laughs> it's a marathon not a sprint and it, I mean it, you know that that expression really does have meaning where you 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 really do have to like kind of see the the big picture and you know for for months leading up to this thing like the number one thing i did not want to have happen was to burn out early like that was constantly on my mind so mm. you know i think that the, the honestly so the 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 other couple of things points i'll make is you know it, it's all about you build up to this stuff like you know i've been doing half marathons for the last four or five years you know been consistently running like you you kind of you build up to this kind of thing and then the other thing is you really go into this with like a like a strategy like you really like i'm a very like kind of like 
mental runner where like I, I really like to have a plan and I like to be really like visualize everything. So that's what, you know, you, you go into these things and you have a, you, you have a strategy. And so, you know, for me, it was like, it was all about the, the pace. Like I, I knew what pace or I, I had a good idea of like what pace I, I could do for that distance and stuck to it. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was tough. Um, I, I had done maybe three years ago, I did a century bike ride. So a hundred mile bike ride. And that, Is that the one where you ended up at Radio Shack. Yeah. Well, I, I got lost. And it's, so, so talk, talk about like the opposite of the San Francisco marathon where I, I did feel <laughs> pretty confident going into it where I, like I had a, a strategy. I had studied the course map extensively, like all, all that kind of stuff. The century ride, you know, not, not so much with the planning stuff. Um, and yeah, I got lost and that whole thing. So that, that was probably the hardest physical thing I've ever done. But this, this marathon on Sunday was, um, a not too distant second. Do you remember if that was a published episode or was that during the, uh, the trial period? The trial, um, I don't, I don't remember. We'll have to go back into the, the archives. I think it was back when you were writing the, uh, the, the show summaries. So it might not have it in there. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good story. Yeah, you ended up having to like. So you like you asked like some dude if you could charge your phone at the Best Buy after, or sorry, at the Radio Shack after you bought a charger because yeah. So my phone, my you know, my phone had died, which was kind of like one of the reasons why I got lost because I I had had the course map on my phone, and like an idiot, I didn't bring a battery case or a USB charger or anything because I'm stupid. And hey, um. <laughs> You know, yeah, got got lost twice actually. If we want to be technical about it, and um, you know, in order to get myself back, and this was also, you know, this was down in Palo Alto, an area that I'm I'm not very familiar with, and so like you know, the second time that I got lost, I like I could not get myself back on track, and I was tired, and it was getting dark, um, but I um, but I, I found I found this Radio Shack, and. Uh, like an oasis in the desert. Well, I think so. I think actually it was like I had gone to a Starbucks and I think I had asked like where the nearest place was that I'd be able to like charge my phone. And I think someone like a, a Starbucks employee had recommended that this Radio Shack, which is like just down the street. And so I went in, yeah, bought a, bought a lightning charger. And then as soon as I bought it, I said, you know, hey, my phone is dead. Like, can I, can I charge it? And the, you know, the only available outlet they had was like one of those like weird floor outlets where you like, you, you, <laughs> you lift up the cover and, you know, you, you, it's almost like a sewer drain and you, so you, you hold up, you hold up the lid and then there's, there's the outlet. So I, I, I you know, I, I was exhausted. So I, I like couldn't even stand anymore. So I just, I sat on the floor in the radio shack while my, while my phone charged. <laughs> the only thing that can make it sadder sorry would be if there was a radio shack that had a going out of business sign on the outside oh, uh, <laughs> yeah so there was no Good times. no no incident like that uh on sunday well again i, I sorry again let's let's bring this back congratulations that's an so that's your first full completed marathon uh, that is so that is my first and only that was the other the other thing that I, I went into I went into this event. It was one of those things, you know, kind of a bucket list thing. I, I wanted to do it, uh, but I I do not have a desire to 
have this be a regular routine. I'll probably do. Do, do you think more... you do like another half marathon? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I'll do do more half marathons, but um, I I do not think I'll ever do a, a full marathon again. All right. Well, again, congrats. Proud of you. Thank you. Uh, what was what was your time compared to like? Because I know you like your sister's pretty active. Like, what was what was her time? So we so it actually so it was really funny. So you know we we went into the event very being very explicit like hey let's not try to run together like that's it's just too hard to do physically like you get bursts of energy at different times like it's just it's it's not it's not good for anybody so we we started together and then we ran the first you know half mile together or whatever but then we kind of split off and did our own thing um and so she she got out ahead and but you know the way that the the course is set up is there's a couple of different points where you kind of double back and so, like, the first point is on the bridge, the Golden Gate Bridge, you go all the way across to Vista Point, and then you turn around and just come back the other direction. And so I I saw her coming back as I was going out on the bridge. And then there's another point in Golden Gate Park where, similar kind of thing, you, you go down a, a path and then you do a U-turn and come back. And I saw her again there. Um, and I, I kind of thought that would be the last time I would see her on the race because that was, that was the last point that would double back like that. But, um, I actually ended up, uh, catching up to her, like literally right as we got out of the park onto hate street. And then we actually did end up kind of just naturally running together for a little while. Um, and then she, she finished I, within, I think of like five minutes after me or something like that. So we were, we were really close. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I, that actually was that was actually was really neat, and it was it was kind of fun because the the part that I that we were together was I mile eighteen nineteen, so it was kind of in the the dark times of the run, so it was a nice little emotional boost to to see her. And follow up question: Do they uh, do they mark off like what your progress is? Like, do they like are there signs that say like this is mile eighteen? Yeah, they 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 actually like these big pillars that say the the mile and so it's it's like a it's a, it's a big mental boost every time you see one of those <laughs> you're like this, this fucking thing's almost over yeah 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 it, it's it's you know it, it's because it, i assume like in the actual race like probably in the middle to like last third it's probably just like oh this was a mistake right oh yeah definitely or, oh yeah no there were um um there were there were dark times for sure um <laughs> They, you know, so the, like the problem for me was like stamina wise, I actually felt pretty good the, the, really the whole way, but just my, my legs were just so sore. Like my knees and my shins were just, and the, the same thing kind of happened on the 18 mile run. So I, I, I had an idea that something like that would happen again, but I mean, it was, it was brutal. And yeah, I mean, there, there was a point around. It was pretty close to yeah when I was around with my sister, so like around that nineteen twenty mile mark where like the thought went through my head like I might not finish this thing like i might i i just physically might not be able to to make it um but you know you do like you 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 stop the water stations you know you give yourself fifteen twenty seconds of like a a brisk walk to kind of you know recenter yourself and yeah, you know, fortunately, I got a I got a little bit of a you know second wind like the last three miles or so, um, and that you know that ended up being being pretty good. Well, good. And then, sorry, last question on this topic: 
do you did you use your phone to track the run at all? Oh, well, I, so I use my watch. So, so you didn't even have like Nike Plus or Strava or like any any like type of like running app. Going. No, so the, so one of the concerns that I had going into the run was like was battery life on, on all my stuff, especially with the the um, experience I had had with that Century <laughs> ride. Um, and so I actually so I had like a little um, you know carrying pouch thing that I had that I that I wore. And I, I had my iPhone battery case in there, like just in case. And um, so I, you know, so I, I didn't want to run a bunch of extra apps on my phone. So I didn't have anything like that going. Um, and I, but ironically, so my phone was fine. My phone still had a little over 50% battery life when I crossed the finish line. So that, that was not an issue at all. The, but, but what had happened was my... Powerbeats 2 wireless headphones died with about three miles left, which which actually is okay because what I've done with my half marathons is with like a mile or two left, I'll, I'll usually turn off my music anyway, just because the, the crowds pick up and it's you kind of want to just take it in. Um, so that that wasn't that big of a deal, but the, so those died, and then literally with my Apple Watch, I had gotten the you know it, it gives you like a warning. At, I think it's ten or twenty percent. Or like it offers to go into like the low power mode or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I got that with you know around the same time that the headphones died. Um, but the the watch made it, and so I I like I crossed the finish line. I I stopped the workout, and then literally like four steps later, it died. <laughs> so the watch like just barely made it. Um. But yeah, so the, the phone, which is what I was worried about, was fine. And then the, the headphones and the watch, which I actually didn't, neither of those I thought would be an issue. Those those both did. I guess the, the watch technically made it, but um, but the head, the headphones did not. Oh, man. Important is it really important to have a um, an audio strategy in place, too. That's very, very important. What do you mean? Well, so for me, I I knew that I wanted to for the first half of the marathon, I wanted to do podcasts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that's a lot of people had that reaction, but for me, that's that's it, it. It's a good, it's a good break. Like I, I really like that that first half. Like I, I was so I was super focused on my pace, and I was focused on the podcasts and I, I really was because what you don't want to have happen is you don't want to start focusing on the miles that early and i i really didn't like I, my mind was like off of all that when i was listening to the podcasts and then about halfway through i switched over to a pandora station and then that you know that took me the rest of the way summer hits of the 2000s it's my it's like kind of like my main station which is yeah mostly summer hits of the 90s and 2000s yeah if we're being honest um god that's a good station whoever whoever works there and curates that station i want to buy them i want to buy i want to i want to buy them a mimosa um or, or a, a flight of or a round of unlimited mimosas uh-huh uh if you, if you if you skip the nelly that's a great station um yeah so so good job I'm proud of you um but yeah that podcast while running that is that is something I cannot get behind, and that and that surprises me. Oh, that's um on on the eighteen mile run. I I actually I'd listen to a little bit of music at the end, but I was that was almost all 
podcasts. And then every time I go just on my normal four or five mile run, like in the evening after work, that's always podcasts, never, never music. The, the Casper ads are your uh, power, your power ups. <laughs> uh, well, I, I just have some, sometimes we'll, we'll skip those ads, but um, how dare you? I, I, the, the, I don't, the podcast stuff, like if, if it's a company that I've heard about 18 dozen I, times, no, I, I, I'm, I'm totally joking. I agree. Like I, I will, I will, my rule is that I will listen to any podcast ad unless it's a company I already do business with, or I have thoroughly evaluated and right. chosen. They don't offer something I want. I, I actually, I like, I legitimately get excited when it's like a new company that hasn't yeah, sponsored. I'm like, a, I'm like, Ooh, like, yeah, what, I'll, what I'll would you to have this. To yeah, 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 totally. But like uh, I, I love you, hover. I, I you, I have like fifteen domains for you, <laughs> yeah. but um, I don't need to hear it. I, I understand you include who was privacy. That's that's fucking great. But I am I am a happy hover cu- customer. I am a, a very happy Squarespace customer. I will. Are ver- you? Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty damn it, difficult it, to use. Yeah, but it it works for this podcast really well. Like, I, well, actually, for podcasting, I'm sure it's it's insanely good. Yeah, um, I will almost you'll certainly soon, soon buy a Casper. Yeah, breakfast. I will almost certainly soon become a Casper uh, customer. So I don't need to hear about that again. <laughs> um, have you bought, have you bought a fracture yet? I'm tempted. Uh, I I am too, but I don't. One of the, I guess one of the things that, or the main reason why I haven't is I don't really know what I would want. Um, but yeah, and who, who, who uh, Audible? Actually, do, do you do audiobooks? Have we ever talked about that? So, no, I, I don't. I am a complete podcast fanatic. I mean, I listen to podcasts pretty much whenever I'm in between things or, I mean, hours a day. But I, I just the audiobook thing didn't catch on. I, I did subscribe to Audible for a while when I when I had kind of a longer commute for work, but um, it just it didn't stick. I didn't I didn't dislike it by any means. It just it just didn't yeah it didn't stick. Yeah, same. I just can't do it because like my attention will like drift away for a little bit, and in a in a podcast that's okay, but in an audiobook it's it's really not right. And also, like, the audiobook has to have, like, the cast of characters or the narrator or whoever's reading it has to be perfect, and it's not always that way. So that, that's that's challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Congrats on your uh, on your marathon. Congrats on, on the Apple Watch for, for making it through. If it was on WatchOS 3, it probably wouldn't have. <laughs> um, Is battery life supposed to be worse on WatchOS 3? I'm assuming so, just it's in the sense it's that it sounds like they're no, in in the sense that they're um, saying that they th- they had a battery to spare, and they are now using that battery for other things. Did they did they really say they had battery to spare? Or did they say they had like power to spare, like power in terms of like processing power to spare? No, like it, when when uh, Craig and Phil were on the talk show, they were like, yeah, we we overshot our battery estimates, so now. We can use that to have more frequent updates of applications and whatever you put in, um, whatever the heck the uh, like that ten app like dock thing that's replacing the friends button. Uh, they're like that's gonna because like apps can now like get like fifty requests a day per app to get updated. It's like that's like one and a half hours. So no, the battery life will be worse. Hmm. 
Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And I guess I guess that's fine because I mean, really, most of the time when I go to plug in my watch at night, it's well, I mean, I could even check it right now. It's we're at. For me, like if if I'm working out, it's it's I usually end up with forty percent left over. Yeah, so fifty. I did did not did not work out today, and I'm at fifty seven percent. Yeah. Damn it! We talked about we talked about something that was actually technology related. Got to change the name of this show. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we. I don't think we have tonight. Can we like Mimosa Avenue? Like we gotta we gotta figure something out. As like what are like our non tech corner? No, we gotta we gotta rebrand this show. Oh, the actual title of the program. Because yeah, the, the we 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 have no qualifications or any reason to for anybody to listen to us about the actual technology stuff. So we we gotta we gotta broaden this out. Hmm. Um, well, the t- I mean, the title is is fairly flexible. I don't think it necessarily corners us into just technology. We, we could be technically correct about anything. I think we've proven that because sixty eight minutes in, <laughs> we haven't talked about one thing that anybody will give a shit about. So, although well, to be fair, that that time that you just gave that's the that's the Skype clock, not the recording clock. Plus whatever you know, plus whatever editing we do. So I'm sorry, sixty six minutes. Yeah. Well, I mean, after editing, we'll probably be down to like eighteen minutes or so. <laughs> uh, you're gonna you're gonna remove the Radio Shack story. No, that's that's fine. We'll we'll keep that in there. <laughs> um, you're gonna take away all my all my slandering of the marina. <laughs> no, well, no. I mean, that's people have also just come. You know, they've come prepared for that. Nine four one two three. Um, mm-hmm. one password. Oh, so we're, we're we are actually we're 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 pivoting now. It's like the the, the general election pivot into. Uh... Do you have anything else we can talk about, Trump? <laughs> oh no, 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 thank you. <laughs> we're talking about one password. Okay, that's fine. So big news today. Yeah, like, I yeah. was not I was not expecting this at all because like, so I'll, I'll I'll take this one. So one password has been for a while. They've been uh, branching off a little bit. They started one password for Teams, which I think was kind of their first subscription service, and then they did one password for families, and now they're doing one password uh, subscription for just individuals, which means that you can do a three dollar a month service, and uh, you get your licenses to all the iOS, Android, Mac, Windows apps, whatever uh, platforms you want to run it on. And you also get their new enhanced uh, cloud sync service, which includes multi-factor authentication and a whole bunch of other things. Um, but yeah, this is this is pretty dang interesting in a lot of ways. So what 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 say you? Well, so I am really intrigued by this for for a couple of reasons. Um, one, which is kind of the, the funny reason, which you and I joked about off the air, which is I, I'll just happily give Agile Bits more of my money for one password. That's that's no no problem at all. I love what they do. Um, but secondly, I I've never really loved the idea of having my vault saved in Dropbox. It's it's been kind of my only option because I you know use one password across like both Windows and the Mac. And I just, I don't know. I, well, I guess I probably would just, even if I didn't use Windows, I probably wouldn't trust iCloud enough to do the whole iCloud sync. But, spirit. yeah. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. I, there's just something about it being in Dropbox that has always made me a little apprehensive, even though I have even more sensitive information in my Dropbox folder. So I, I don't, I don't necessarily know why I feel that way, but it just, I don't know. It's never, never felt like the perfect solution. So, um, I'm ex- I'm excited to try it, but I, I guess I, I, the reason I haven't yet is I'm just, I'm, a, I'm afraid that as part of this transition process, I'm just going to like lose everything or something. It just one, one password works so perfectly for me right now that it's just, I don't want to like, screw up a good thing yeah so i mean so you won't so i mean I, i've already i already signed up i was on a very boring conference call for like two hours so i i set up the whole thing i, I migrated all my data over so my my biggest reason for switching is that this gets um so when you set up one password and you you choose dropbox as your syncing mechanism uh it's going to put a uh what is normally an invisible file like an os10 and other unix environments when you put a period before a file name that makes it, it's treated as an invisible file, but on iOS and on the web inside Dropbox, you have this uh, pesky file that tells all the 1Password clients where your 1Password keychain lives. So that was my big motivating reason for switching. But overall, like it, it works pretty flawlessly with a couple of um, decently sized caveats if you use one password in a particular way, but it's, it's pretty good. But for me, getting that file out of there is, is totally worth it. So yeah, so you were explaining some of those caveats to me earlier today, and I don't think I understood really what they were. So there's, there's a few of them, and a, and a, and a few of them are, are weird ones that I didn't expect. So when you do this one password online sync, or, or, or I, I don't know what the official name is, but you can um it synchronizes really well and it seems to 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 work great but you can only create new vaults and administrate things uh administrate things from the website um not from the application itself and you can no longer have you can no longer have folders inside of one password you can only have tags and previously i had have um like for systems and things that I needed for my employer, I used to keep those in a folder. Um, and separately, I would tag things as being like, oh, this this is built to my Amex, this is on my uh, Visa card and that kind of stuff. And these are things that have this address on file. So I, I'd use tags and folders in different ways. So folders are no longer supported in this type of system. Uh, so that's a minor annoyance. And, and the fact that you have to use the web to administrate certain things is also a little annoying. But... Um, I've since moved most of the things into separate vaults, and that's uh, fixed most of my issues. But it, it's it's something to keep in mind. But overall, I think, like in general, just kind of the key thing to this whole story is that uh, rather than being a one-time purchase of a, an application that's $60 on the desktop and $10 or $20 on mobile, you now have subscription revenue going to Agile Bits and in terms of one password, like in terms of like software that has like the greatest overall like satisfaction for me, like this has to be it. One password is pretty much near perfect. And I, I'm very happy for them to, to get monthly or annual, sorry, annual revenue from me. Yeah. I, I, as I joked earlier, I, I completely agree. Um, I don't, I don't think I, use either tags or folders which is why i didn't really understand what you were saying 
Like I, I, like I have one password open right now, and I, I don't think I, I don't think I use either of those things. Yeah, I mean, like under folders, I used to have one. Like yes, like for stuff that was like for that's for my like systems for my employer and uh, stuff that's like uh, like financial accounts and, and and stuff like that. So I used to have those in the folders, and you could also have smart folders based on like criteria that you could specify to see like what meets certain things. And then I'd have like tags for like what uses two factor uh, two factor authentication and stuff like that. But like that's that's stuff that I can adapt. I always just use search. The search works really well. Eh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a personal preference thing. But but vaults uh, seem to be doing that for me. So I, I've now created like a separate uh, work vault, and that's 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 good enough. So does that mean you have to have a separate master password? No. So on that one, like. Um... Yeah, I, I don't want to. I want to send a screenshot, but yeah, you can have a uh, you can have separate vaults, and you can uh, and that's the thing where when you migrate your data from your like traditional like Dropbox keychain uh, over to the new one uh, my dot one password dot com account, um, it's 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 not hard. It's a non destructive activity, so you you can try this out, and if you don't like it for some reason, you can switch back. So you're, there's no risk of losing data loss or or, or losing any data here. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like separate vaults. It just means that you would, uh, just toggle between, uh, basically separate, like one password files and you don't have to log into each of them separately. And they're conveniently, uh, located with you just do like command one, two, and three to, uh, toggle between the vaults. So it's, it's, it's non-destructive and it's, and it's easy to manage. And you, you, you mentioned something about, uh, two-factor authentication. Well, that, that's, that's been inside of, of one password for, I think a year now. Where if you don't want to run like uh, Authy or Google Authenticator as a separate application, you can have um, the I, I forget who like is it Google Authenticator that kind of like set the standard for how most things work. That's, that's what I use. Yeah. Yeah. So you can have that embedded inside of One Password already. Like that's been a thing for a long time. But I just have a little tag set up so I know which accounts have two-factor authentication or have a uh, recovery passcode of some kind that i need so like that's that's where i think tags come into uh, come into play got it but yeah but overall i would say uh two thumbs up again like agile bits is one of those companies that i am super pleased with and and they make software that is elegant on all the apple platforms i don't know how it runs on windows or android but i mean but whatever um windows windows is fine yeah windows is fine yeah but overall it works well i don't think i'm going to use it on the web much i mean and actually i think in particular like this maybe just be my my paranoid nature but i'm actually going to make sure i am always logged out of it from the web because i think if there's any potential for um like data leaks or some type of exploit that's going to happen on the web so I think I'm just going to stick to using the actual native Mac application and the um, browser plugins and make sure I'm always logged out of the website. Yeah, that that makes sense. It's easy enough if you're on a computer that you don't normally use. It's easy enough just to pull out your phone. Yeah, and, and that is one of the one things that is supposed to be better about this, which I'm not sure it really makes a big difference if you had two-factor authentication set up with Dropbox, but... Um, on this one, you have the master password that you're going to use for your one password keychain. And then you also have, um, I believe they their lingo, as they called it, an, an account key that when you set up your account, 
you get a 128-bit randomly generated account key that you can um, that you're required to use whenever you log in. But you are also given a um, what's called an, a one a one password emergency kit that gives you a QR code that you can scan that includes the relevant details, excluding your uh, one password master password. Hmm. So basically, it's kind of uh, two layers of encryption. So it, it's it's good. They're taking a very proactive approach. They're not going to get stuck with kind of like uh, I don't know if you like if you checked it out, but like LastPass and some of the other password managers that have been web based have always been subject to a lot of exploits, and just because they've done like just very lazy design. Uh, but one password seems like they they've narrowed down all the all the security. Um, like protocols in advance and in the people who I follow online that are very security minded seem to give this a thumbs up. So it looks good. I I will probably give it a try tomorrow. Probably. Yeah. It, it maybe takes 30 minutes to set up. Okay. The only thing is I had, I had disabled Dropbox and, and kind of set it up on, on four different devices on my iPad, iPhone, iMac and Mac pro. So that's the, that's the only thing. Mm. But I like it. And I like companies that continually get money from me because it makes you think like the product won't disappear tomorrow. Yeah, very, very true. I think the pricing could be way higher. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I I was very it's what two ninety nine a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's very good. Build annually. If you do it monthly, it's four dollars a month. But I think I think it could uh, it could very easily be sixty dollars a year or five dollars a month. One there, and they're doing what six months free or something up up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Smart company. Yeah, from Canada. Mm. Oh, really? They, they are Canadian. Mm. Yep. Might be might be useful come November. <laughs> might want to start uh, making some connections, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 <sighs> yeah. Yeah. God, I, I want a 1Password shirt so badly. Oh, yeah, you say they, do, they don't sell those, right? They don't. Have we talked about that before? Yeah, we have. Yeah. Gotta gotta find one. I've never seen one on eBay either. I've I've looked more than a couple times. Well, those, those agile bits, they're they're trust trusty people. Um yeah, so recommended and in, in that pesky Dropbox file is gone. So that, that's that's good. Yeah, that's that's what I'm in it for. Yeah. Um so what what's uh, so Apple had a... so we we've been off for uh, for a week. So it's been two weeks since our last episode. So Apple released earnings, and also there was a, a, an article of note in the Wall Street Journal that talked about Eddie Q uh, not wearing socks, but also <laughs> it was tangentially related to the Apple TV um, video service that still hasn't materialized. So do, what, what's 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 the deal here? Well, so I guess we'll, we'll start with the, the, the disturbing news of Eddie Q not wearing socks. Um, so did did we talk about on the last show? So he had given that that interview basically saying you know hey we we don't we don't need a bundled tv service like with apps are the future of tv blah 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 i think we, we did talk about that right i think in the last episode we talked about how eddie q didn't want to sell you jerks a skinny bundle anyway yeah exactly um so then that that was followed up by this wall street journal article that you know clearly is is the is cable company execs just being frustrated and want and wanting to air all this stuff out. I mean, it's clearly where the, all this is coming from. And you know, it, it's honestly, it, it's. I don't think anything in there was surprising to me. 
uh, culturally, the cable industry and Apple just could not be any more different. And it's 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 culturally, it's technologically, just everything about what those two. Well, it's an industry and a company. Like what what they stand for just could not be any different. And you know, the, the Gruber actually just today linked to some article from like way kind of way back. I think it's from like 2010 or something, which which chronicled the initial iPhone. And one of the stories in there was how you know. AT&T and Apple, like it was, I guess, initially singular and Apple, but eventually AT&T and Apple, like never, never really saw eye to eye. And it was always kind of a contentious relationship. And one of the things that got brought up at one point was one of the AT&T guys had made a comment to uh, Steve that, hey, you guys really should be wearing suits to these meetings. And the, the response was, we're Apple. Not only do we not wear suits, we don't own suits. So, you know, this has clearly been part of the the culture there for a long time. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the long, long-winded way of saying that there's nothing really surprising in this article, I don't think. Yeah, so so I want to discuss slightly or or, or briefly th- this this article bugged me in a couple of ways. And you can tell me if I'm entirely off base here, but I think and I don't want to try to paint some doom and gloom story about apple but i think i think everybody can agree that the iphone was a a once in a lifetime product that that will that will not happen again and then apple has a lot of strengths but it uh, overall is probably a bit of a weaker company today than 2010 apple is that off base uh no i don't i don't think so so i think apple as having treated the apple tv and this type of thing as a hobby for so long and i think even though they have allegedly put their whole ass into the apple tv this generation i think it it's a product that's very lopsided and has not really maybe like if I think the problem is if if I haven't bought if I haven't purchased whatever you're selling that means you <laughs> probably haven't reached most people, and I, and I don't want to sound glib but like I don't see anything compelling in the new Apple TV and I think from hearing from a lot of people who do own it in a lot of ways it's actually worse. Like would you would you say like that the inconsistency and just kind of the weirdness between apps is in some ways worse than the old one? It probably has advantages, but um, no. Like everybody no. says, the everybody says the HBO Go app is worse than the old one. Well, I mean, yes, that's I guess true. But okay, I'll I'll take it. Well, but but I but the thing is, is that you can just use the Siri search and instantly get to anything, and really not have to interact with the interface at all. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But anyways, like uh, so, I haven't purchased it, so he, they haven't they haven't reached a, a, a certain threshold of, of of adoption. Um. So I I think Apple like so 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 tough guy Eddie Q here not not wearing not wearing coming coming to sh- uh, to to a meeting with uh, tennis shoes and no no socks on. I think Apple needs to, in this regard, humble itself a little bit because they haven't 
they haven't met like the the, the economy and and the landscape of this is is very different from the music labels and the stuff that happened when like the iTunes store was being released and when the wireless carriers were bidding on the iPhone and that type of stuff was happening in in 2007 or 2008. Well, I think the the end is near or i i think like the the uh, video like the the msos and like this the cable operators are probably going to be on the decline in the next 20 years and they're going to be much more driven towards data service rather than video subscriptions i don't think that's coming as quickly as apple might want i just think like based on reden's article i feel like apple needs to humble itself slightly I, I just don't think they're in the same dominant position they were in some of these other areas. And I think the product that they released to great fanfare, trying to suggest that they've, they finally cracked television and the future of TV is apps has not materialized where their, their swagger should not be this, to the same degree as it was with, the iPhone, which was truly revolutionary. I mean, maybe. Um, I I think they are coming at this from a position of strength, but I'll I'll grant you that maybe they feel like that position's a little bit stronger than it actually is. Because Apple doesn't have content. Like, they don't have original content. They have a lot of deals with music providers, and they've done some individual deals with... um, like with Taylor Swift, and they're trying to license some music content. But they don't have much. They're relying on everybody else's content. And they still have gatekeepers that they need to um, to please. Like with this, uh, with like the new single sign-on thing that they're doing for over-the-top video. Like it's it sounds like uh, some of the rumors and, and the articles that have been written is that Comcast and some of the larger providers are not going to, to play ball with that. And even though like, like everybody already thinks that Comcast is like the evil like cable company. But so even if people continue to think that, they still will assign blame to Apple as having to sign into 40 different individual media apps as being an Apple failure, right? Mm, I guess, yeah. So I don't know. I like I, I I just I question the 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 framing of Apple as being in the position of strength in this in this argument because I don't think that traditional subscription video is declining as as quickly as Apple would want people to believe. I think for a certain generation, YouTube and other and other uh, media sources are are much much. Um, more important to like the media landscape, but I think for most people, it's still traditional video, and and cable cutting is not happening in in the like in in the rapidness that other people would suspect. But I think to you know to play devil's advocate here, I I, I think there is a there is the argument to be made that you know we're we're kind of the last generation that has that opinion where traditional cable is is where we you know, continually gravitate towards. I mean, you, you hear tons and tons of anecdotes about how, you know, kids now literally just 
watch YouTube and Netflix and other online video. So, you know, if, if these kids like you and I didn't, I mean, that's just that we didn't grow up that way. It was, it was just more, you know, Hey, here's, here's TV and here's cable. And that was kind of the only option we had. Sure. But the thing is, I don't think Apple has the luxury of waiting for nine-year-olds who play Minecraft all day and watch YouTube uh, three hours a day after school. I don't think they have the luxury of waiting 10 years for them to be their their target audience. I think they do because TV isn't, that's not their primary revenue driver, nor do I think they have any desire for it to be. It's It's upgraded past the point of being a hobby now, but it's still not a primary dependency. But I, I I guess my point there is that I don't think they have 10 years to bide their time and assume that Roku or or Amazon uh Amazon's TV efforts won't take this over. Because Roku is it seems like a company that's super into playing with whoever wants to play ball. Like there, there are TVs that have embedded Roku. They, um, they'll work with anybody to help support them and make an app. Like, like to the, like even to the point where their older boxes used to have like RDO buttons on them. Like they're they're a company that's willing to make a deal. And Amazon is in, like I think Amazon is probably one of the, the like the wild like the most um, unpredictable players here. Because they're willing to like give away their media streamers at cost to try to get the 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 most out of people. So I don't know. I I just don't think Apple necessarily has is is in the position to be as uh, cocky as they are, and I don't think they have the the gift of time to keep doing this. I don't know. Like I I think to the point like where like. Their user interface prowess and that kind of stuff is is just not that. There's only so so long that that lasts as a as a as a bargaining chip. Hmm. All right. Well, I, I think I think I think that's fair. Yeah. But they sold a billion iPhones. They did. Yeah, billion billion iPhones. Um, everything else is is doom and gloom, but not as doomy and gloomy as expected. So the stock is up. The iPad's complicated. Like it, I, is I, it? I here, like the iPad is such a like a, such a weird product because again we we've talked at length about how like we both like we, we I, I'm sure we both hope for a, a a new Mac Pro and that kind of stuff but we both very much like our our 13 inch Mac Pros from uh, 2015 right Oh absolutely and and we both have uh, mild contempt for the the people who like who act like they're martyrs for the cause of iPads and they try to force iPads into their workflow, like productivity be damned. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even put mild as a precursor to that. Uh, that gets me so, so angry. Oh, but... it, it, I, I can, I can literally feel my blood start to boil thinking about this. So, but, but, the, but my iPad air two for certain tasks, I am super happy with it. And like, well, I, I think a lot of people need to, like, knock it off with the whole this is the future of computing thing when it's totally not there at all. But I think it definitely does serve a point, like like casual web browsing, uh, reading 
articles from Instapaper and, and just um, doing crosswords. Like it's a fantastic product and I, and I think it deserves its, its time of day and, and the attention of Apple. But yeah, like this is just another quarter of sales decline. And, and the only positive news that anybody can muster is that the sales decline is shrinking, yet it is still in decline. Which is which which is completely okay, but it's it's just tricky because everybody wants there to be a new iPhone, and the iPhone is a once in a lifetime product. And even though the iPad and the Mac and so many things are healthy businesses, people just have kind of unrealistic expectations. And and Apple has kind of done everything they possibly can, within reason, to try to like breathe increased life into the iPad. Like they, they did the iPad pro. They did the iPad pro on the scale of their most popular iPad model. And it's, it's stemmed the losses slightly, but it's, it's still a, um, a segment of their business that that's in decline. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I like mine, but again, like I don't, I don't see any, any need to, to, to go out, run out and buy a 9.7 inch, uh, baby pro. Yeah, I just I think where a lot of this iPad stuff stems from is the initial assumption made by a lot of people that this was going to be the next iPhone. And when it clearly wasn't going to become that, people have now been trying to scramble and figure out what it is. And, you know, it's it's very clearly more like the Mac, where sales in general are at a much you know smaller scale than something like the iPhone and the the types of patterns that you see are also very similar where unless there is a significant leap forward in technology people are generally just going to be content with sticking with what they've got and so you'll see sales you know either stay stable or decline for periods of time and then you'll see some at least you know small spike when some new big iteration of something comes out. I mean, I guess I, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like Mac sales were down year over year too. And, you know, it's, it's very obvious why that is. It's because there really hasn't been any sort of major new hardware release. People are content with what they have. And that's, you know, that's kind of like the iPad. And I think, I think if, if those initial comparisons to the iPhone weren't made, then the iPad would not be as hard to understand. Yeah, and and I guess that's the thing I want to 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 wrap up with on on this topic is is what what is going on with the Mac? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean that's been the 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 topic all around kind of the Apple sphere the last two or three weeks, where I think there was a lot of lead up to WWDC where people were speculating that we'd see some new Mac hardware, and you know when that didn't happen, I think people started kind of asking the, you know, the question of like, well, when is this going to happen now? Because, you know, Apple really, they really only do two events a year now. It's WWDC and then their September iPhone event. Um, and so people have been kind of speculating, well, if it, if it doesn't happen at the iPhone event, then like, is it just not going to happen this year? And, you know, what does that mean? We, we've seen, you know, the laptops go... It's been at least a couple of years, right, since they've had any sort of significant hardware revisions. Yeah, I think it's been like at least three. It's since the Retina rollout, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm a little, I'm a little more calm about the whole situation because 
I, I've got a pretty strong feeling that we're going to see lots of new Mac hardware at this September event. And I think uh, the reason I think that is because there's now a couple of years of precedent where Apple is no longer afraid to have other products share the stage with the iPhone. You know, two years ago, it was the watch. And then last year, it was the new Apple TV and the baby pro, I think, right? So Mm -hmm. clearly there's, I think for years and years and years, you know, we had just a sole iPhone event or iPhone focused event. That, that hasn't been the case now for the last couple of years. And I think this year is an even more prime candidate for talking about other products because by all accounts, this year's iPhone isn't really that exciting. And so I don't, I don't know how much Apple really is going to have to say about the iPhone. So it would make sense if that's true to have some other exciting stuff to talk about. So I think, I think at the September event, we're going to see the, the rumored like touchpad Mac thing with the, or the MacBook pros with the kind of like the touchscreen function keys. I think we'll see the new cinema display. Um, I think we'll see lots of, lots of Mac stuff. So, you know, people are worked up now, but I think a month from now, all that'll be a moot point. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I'm, I'm not entirely convinced that it's going to happen on the, on the September event because it just seems like the Mac is of, far it it just it pales in comparison in in terms of like importance uh to the iphone and and i i i could be mistaken but i'm not sure of when the last time there was an event where the mac played um like in terms of like of, of comparable importance in the same event to to an iphone well i don't i don't think that's ever happened but it well i guess unless when did the the retina macbook pro was that during a iphone announcement I could have sworn that was a WWDC announcement. Well, but that but Apple did the iPhone at WWDC for a while. And I don't, th- I don't think since the 3GS. Uh, but I, I I don't know. But I mean, yeah, it's it's tricky, and and I, I'm I'm th- this is un, unrelated, but I, I'm just super worried about whatever is going to happen to the um the MacBook Pro line. Like I I'm very excited. For something new to come out, like I probably won't upgrade to it just because my my current 13-inch MacBook Pro is is still pretty good. But like I don't I don't maybe they'll go like just all USB C or they'll take away some ports that are actually important or even though like I think like Jason Snell of of upgrade has has talked mostly that like he his sources seem to think that Apple's opinion of the um of the keyboard on the MacBook one is that it was a compromise and it's not something they're going to move forward with like Apple's inevitable, like or, or an unending quest for, for thinness in their machines it has me worried about kind of how that's going to play out with their pro line. Because like the last time they made a, a an entirely like rethought out pro machine, people ended up with the, uh, the new Mac pro, which hasn't been updated in a thousand days and by all accounts was a substantial step backwards. You say you say all true things. Things are complicated. So this is like uh this is like the sugar debate except uh computers. That's right. The MacBook One's like a smoothie. <laughs> uh so we are running extraordinarily long. So <laughs> I I I'm I'm looking through our topics and I'm I'm not really seeing anything that is incredibly 
time sensitive unless I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless there's something that you're really dying to talk about this week, I, I would say that we kind of go into the, the picks of the week and that, that kind of the wrap up stuff and then kind of table some of the stuff perhaps for next week. An hour and 40 minutes in, I think that's probably a wise bet. But the, the only thing that I will say is is time sensitive is uh, Instagram stories. Oh, okay. Yeah, let, let's, yeah, let's, let's do that. But everything else, yeah, yeah. The Solar City will be there. We'll be there next week. And, and chip credit cards will be slow. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you can try to pay for something at Target with your chip credit card and play this podcast and you'll still be there. All right. But yeah, do, uh, you've never used Snap. You're, you're not a Snapchat person, right? I, I am. I am not a Snapchat person. I have have not ever had it installed on my phone, and my only experience with it was once on a friend's phone. And I and I didn't I didn't understand what I was doing. Yeah, I I installed it to follow a dog once and uh, to uh, to see the giant Snapchat, and and it makes no sense to me, and it still makes no sense to me, and it's and it's one of the only services I'm. I ever like genuinely get angry about because it's, it's, it's meant for a generation. That's not me. Right. But yeah, like Instagram, which we should remind people is, is owned by Facebook basically totally ripped off the, and, and they, and they admitted as such, uh, the concept of Snapchat stories and even literally kept the exact same name and made Instagram stories. So I, I bring this up because you're a, a recent, uh, Instagram convert because you found out that there are golden retrievers with their own Instagram accounts. Right. So, so what, what have you encountered this and what, what is your opinion of this? Well, so you, you kind of can't not encounter it because (laughs) with the, the latest Instagram app update, there, there's now a dedicated kind of ribbon at the top, which will highlight new accounts that have posted new stories which so uh, being the increasingly curmudgeon like person that I am now, I, I had not heard of, of this happening. And I, I guess my Instagram app had just, you know, automatically updated through the app store. And so when I opened Instagram a couple days ago, or whenever this rolled out, I was really confused as to like what the, the, the circles were at the top. And I, I think I just, I clicked one just to see like what, what was going on. And I, I was super confused about what was happening, especially having not had the context of using Snapchat. Um, but then I, at some point later that day, saw the news and went, oh, okay, I see. But yeah, I still don't, so I still don't know what, 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 what is a story? Is it, is it a collection of videos and pictures or like what, what exactly is it? So a story is supposed to be like I mean the thing with Instagram and is and and I like uh, not Apple uh, Facebook is it like Instagram they've been trying to tweak it for a while and like it's a very popular social network but like they've seen a slight decrease in how frequently people are posting in in a lot of the that like social sharing and like immediate sharing has kind of shifted to for for like the youngs it has moved to Snapchat. So it's it's a story is kind of just like a collection of either uh, photos or short videos that you take that are published only for 24 hours to the people that follow you. And the UI is designed in a way that tries to force you to um, never use content that you've already taken it like taken before. 
So that's why it's really difficult to figure out a way to share photos that you've already taken. So it's supposed to be like a kind of an ephemeral, like intimate, like way of sharing things with, with like your social network. And it's, and it's kind of neat and it's kind of fun. Like, like Facebook and Instagram, like directly ripped off all the ways that, um, that Snapchat lets you, lets you like add emoji and text and annotate like your snaps or, or your Instagrams, whatever, whatever they want to call it. Um, so yeah, there's supposed to be like a collection of things like describing your day or what, whatever, or like, or your dog's life or whatever happens to be the thing. But it's just, it's, it's a 24 hour ephemeral, like collection of photos and videos that's supposed to be like more immediate and less polished than what was expected before. Well, like what's the theory behind only having them available for 24 hours? Well, like from a business perspective, it's, it's like a, uh, like a growth hacking thing in, in that you're, if you're thinking of stuff that like, if you know this is going to expire, you have to check the app more often to see what your friends are posting of stuff that's temporary and also, as you add things to your story throughout the day, you're opening the app more frequently, and you're publishing more content. Hmm. So, from that perspective, as a, as a business, it's it's a fantastic tool. But um, yeah, it's it's just kind of like Instagram. Like, if I if I want to see what somebody's posted over like the past four years, I can go to their profile. I can I can just look at it. But if it's somebody I'm like really interested in and I want to see their stuff, no, I literally have to open the app every day and look at it all the time. So I mean it's it's a different perspective. It's definitely something that's that's built for the youngs, but yeah. As as, as an old, I'm not sure I, I get it as much. Yeah, I just I don't I don't know. Like I, I've 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 been kind of clicking on most of the ones that have popped up in that ribbon just to kind of I don't know, just to see what people have been doing with it. And even the accounts that I really enjoy normally on Instagram that have that have tried posting one or two of these, I'm like, I, I don't it's just I don't really get this. Like, why is why is this better, or like why is this interesting? Yeah, I, I think I think it adds a layer of immediacy, and again, the ephemeral nature of it is is interesting. But I think it also encourages, which again, depending on the audience, it, this is this is a, a pro or a con. But there's it's more like amateurish and less like polished. Like I think Instagram, like in its like native form is kind of like a little bit stodgy in that you're supposed to like try to you're like you're trying to perfect an image and like and post it in a certain way and it's supposed to have like some artistic value whereas this is like the direct opposite like there's no filters there's no editing like in that kind of stuff so i i think i think we're probably just not the generation to get it but i think i think it's interesting and i i think it's kind of cool i'm cautiously optimistic of it i don't necessarily love like the ui implementation of it like i wish there were certain people i could like tell instagram to ignore that i don't want to hear from but i don't know it's 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 interesting and also i i find it really really interesting that like we've moved past a point where like you can just literally like straight up just steal somebody's idea like almost like spec for spec and it's been like yeah yeah have you have you listened to today's episode of clockwise i have not okay so there's a i think it's the first topic um talks about that and it was it was really good it was a really good conversation because like in in and the thing is like and, and we'll wrap this up and we'll because we'll, I, I know this is almost two hours long um we've gotten to the point where i remember like back in the day where people would go like um 
Android stole this feature from iOS or, or Apple stole this feature from Google. We've kind of moved past that in a point where people are like, oh, yeah, everybody's taking the best features from everything. But this seems like just kind of like a an insane degree of either homage or or just like straight up like just yeah i don't theft. know i don't yeah i don't know if homage is is necessarily the way that i i would describe it even jacking the name that's that's cold-blooded yeah but also but here's the thing like as as an end user i don't care because i because i because i hate like snapchat is what is a service that i genuinely dislike because it seems like it's designed with contempt for anybody who's not 14 like it's so hard to use and so difficult whereas i don't have to rebuild my social graph on another service now that instagram has done this like everybody can stay on instagram the the people and dogs i already like are are there and they can they can publish whatever they want and and eventually like if i if i find this to not be useful i can just say i can ignore it but th- this is way better than having to pretend snapchat exists so so Cautiously optimistic. Okay. And with that, let's round this out with picks of the week. Yeah, so I, I've got two this week. Uh, they are both podcasts. Uh, as I, I, know, hmm. I know we like to do the kind of the podcast recommendations, so I thought I'd build that right into picks of the week this, this go around. Uh, so the first is it's called Revisionist History. It's uh, Malcolm Gladwell's new podcast series. Uh, he he basically the kind of the, the premise behind it is he looks at a, a topic or a historical event and he, that that has sort of been misunderstood um, or misconstrued and he talks about it and 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 says kind of why why people um, misunderstand it and it's it's I think it's like a ten part series and they're I think they're about halfway through or so. And I've really, really enjoyed it. I, I enjoy a lot of his writing and when he's a guest on other podcasts that I listen to. Um, and yeah, I've, I've, I've really, really liked it so far. Relatively short, 30, 40 minutes an episode. Um, and yeah, really, really interesting. Okay. Um, and so then the other is kind of a really random one. Um, it is a, uh, ESPN podcast series. This is 16 episodes that, and it, it launched, uh, on Monday this week. So there, there are three episodes into it. Um, it's called pin Kings. <laughs> okay. Um, and this, this, so this was actually the only, the only reason I heard about this was because Jody Avergan, the host yep. of five thirty eight. So, so you probably know this recommended it. Um, and I, you know, I, I, he's a, he's a sharp guy who I think has, has good taste in, in media stuff. So I took his word for it and, you know, subscribed and listened to the first, um, episode and was really immediately hooked. Um, so, you know, I, I think Jody talks about, you know, kind of what it's about. It's, it's a, a true story of two high school wrestling teammates, um, who eventually one of them became, uh, drug dealer and the other became a DEA agent and so this is kind of the story about how they you know eventually intersected with one another again later in life and yeah I've I've really I've really liked it so far cool yeah I'll have to give it a shot um yeah I I only laugh because um 
I was stuck in traffic like earlier this week and I listened to like six episodes of uh 538's what's uh what's the point in a row and every single one had that as the like introductory ad. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, is, is it that show?" But yeah, I'm gl- I'm glad to hear it's good. Does it have above average ESPN audio quality or is it just as bad? No, it's just as bad, which is <laughs> So that was actually one of the even even the hosts' audio quality. There's there's two hosts. One one's like one of the producers, and one is a writer. And yeah, even their audio quality is just not very good. It, it's uh, I'm sure they sit in an expensive studio with fantastic microphones. It's just who is who is assembling? Like you could you could produce a better show. I, well, and you know what? I, yes, legitimately, I could because I really do feel like this program sounds a lot better than most of what's on ESPN. Um, there, there are a couple of ESPN podcasts. Like there's, there's one called the low post, which is, which is one of their basketball programs. But the audio quality in that's very, very good. Um, so I don't know why. Well, so we know what else is frustrating too. I'll say is that, so keeping at 1600, which is one of the ringer podcasts, it's their political podcast. Um, that's another show that I've been listening to more lately. Well, hold on. Isn't isn't The Ringer inherently not ESPN? Well, no, it, it, it's not. And I'm so I'm using it as like a... Um, Got it. A, okay. You know, an example that ESPN should strive towards. And it, specifically with Keeping a 1600, which has been impressive, is that, you know, the, the hosts have been on the road for the conventions. And, you know, clearly they've brought some type of nice USB microphone with them because the show has hardly sounded any different when they've been on the road as compared to just when, you know, they're normally recording. I I don't know if they do it in a studio or in in the ringer office or what, whatever, but you know, the, the audio quality has been, I'd say like comparable to like our show. Um, (laughs) The gold standard, the gold standard. Right. So it's just, you know, why, why can't, I don't know. Why can't ESPN when they've got all these big fancy studios, have decent audio quality and like what for the love of god for hosts that are regularly on the road and who call in on their damn like cell phone or on skype this is the angriest i've ever heard you can't we can't we ship them like a road podcaster or something can can espn spend the 250 or 300 dollars and like the additional 10 dollars for a usb cable i I guarantee if they just used ear pods it'd be fine it's just they over compressed the hell out of it well, but it, oh, it's just, it's, you know, I can, come on, come on. <laughs> That's literally the angriest you've ever been <laughs> on this program. Oh, uh, cause you pour your blood, sweat and tears into this program and you're like, uh... it's just the, the people's lack of respect for audio quality. It's just, it's infuriating. The lack of respect for your ears. Right. During a, during a marathon. Exactly. Exactly. But like by my by mile eighteen, you would have given up. Except you ch- you chose a podcast that wasn't produced by ESPN. That wasn't a front to your ears. That's right. Exactly. Damn right. I did not listen to any ESPN produced podcasts on on my run. Yeah, I blame Disney. Mm-hmm. The mouse is a is cost is a cost cutting guy. <laughs> um. So I so I have a complimentary pick of the week. So um, you you've been on the Overcast bandwagon for quite a while, and I've I've stuck with a, an application called Pocket Casts, and they uh, released their big uh, version six on iOS this week. 
and it's it's fantastic. It's written mostly in Swift. It um, it's absolutely beautiful. It's very very elegantly designed. And for me, I and we've talked about this in the past. Is I'm a huge huge fan of it because it is. Um, they not only have it for iOS, they also have a web component, which means you get a full fledged podcasting application that runs inside of your browser that actually works on my computer because I'm a weirdo that enjoys listening to podcasts on an actual computer. So it's perfect. I really like it. They, um, going back to a previous topic we just talked about, they have uh, lovingly borrowed um, the smart speed concept from um, <laughs> Marco Arment's Overcast. I, I still don't use that because I, I don't, I, I forget if I've asked you if you like smart speed or not, but I, I don't enjoy, I, I think pa- natural pauses in conversation are important to the flow of a show. So I actually, I actually don't like smart speed. I think smart speed. I've tried it a few times. It, I think it, so it works better in certain shows than others from, I, so I, I don't use it, but when I was testing it, I, I found certain podcasts that worked better on than others. It's certainly better than just, uh, static, you know, speed up speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still just, it's still weird. Yeah. It's, I, I still don't really like it. Yeah. But in overall, uh, Pocket Cast 6, uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Even for you, I would recommend it as something you should try. I think it's only five bucks. It's, it's totally worth it. It's much more elegantly designed than Overcast, and it, it's, it's pretty damn near perfect. Really, really, really like it. Hmm. And then wrapping this episode up, uh, I do, I do want to do a, a brief tease for what may or may not come out next week. Oh, okay. Uh, we are going to attempt to do an episode about uh, the general election that is coming up in November and just kind of American politics as a whole. And if we record it and it turns out it it is not something that we would be um, – <laughs> immediately fired from our our jobs for i think there's a decent chance we will release it i think we both maintain veto power over it i think that's kind of the arrangement we're going to do i I think it has to be yeah i think there's a uh 70 percent chance it goes up we'll see yeah we'll we'll see i i i i are you worried about what you're going to say? I like I, I you, you seem very 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 cautious about this. Well, yeah, I you know, we've I think we we've hinted at this or even just explicitly mentioned it a few times on the show where you know, we were we were political science majors in college and you know, a big takeaway from that is seeing both sides and you know, trying to understand different points of view and i've i've found that increasingly difficult this go around and i you know i think if anything the biggest thing that's happened just personally for me so far this election cycle is i've become more partisan and i've had a harder time not wanting to express that yeah, I th- I think it comes down mainly to to you not liking people who uh you prefer people who don't get caught. Ugh. God, you're so terrible. With that, we will potentially see you guys next week. <laughs>